Romans chapter 1, and we're going to commence reading verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness, ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, hath, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was dark, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God nor lie and worshipped and served the creator now the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen let's pray father we thank you for your word this morning we thank you for the privilege of being together in this place we do pray that lord that you would minister to our hearts now through your word challenges father god by its truth Lord, we pray that uh, you would be uplifted and praised as we study your word together this morning. Father, we might learn of you. Give me wisdom, I pray. Help me to have clarity of thought and simplicity of speech. And may you receive all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In Romans chapter 1, the trial of mankind is revealed. As we look at the courtroom, we see the first defendant enter. He is the heathen sinner. He represents the millions around the world who may never have heard the gospel. And as the trial begins, the defense speaks briefly. He says today's sinner is only guilty because he is, sorry, today's sinner is not guilty because he has never heard of God. And since he's never heard of God, he has made idols and of wood and stone. He's worshipped them instead of worshipping the true and living God. He's worshipped the creature rather than the creator surely that's enough surely he has done his best to which the prosecution disagrees and accuses mankind of being guilty and declaring that ignorance is no excuse for his failure to turn to god hence as verse 20 tells the end so that they are without excuse then the prosecution calls two witnesses to prove his point with regard to the guilt of the heathen sinner the first witness we saw last time, which was the whole creation of God in verses 18 to 20. Now secondly, we see the second witness, and that is the refusal of the knowledge of God in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. And what we find here in verses 21 to 28 is the downward path of mankind from what he knew in the Garden of Eden to where man is today, this downward path of rejection of God. Because knowledge of God that doesn't result in obedience to God, and knowledge of God that doesn't result in recognition of God, turns to ignorance. And finally, in an inability to discern right from wrong, an inability to discern what is the right way of worship and the wrong way of worship, and so on. And eventually you end up with what is we have today, basically, the atheist who denies there is a God. Spurgeon said this, he said, Will you kindly notice that according to the text, knowledge is of no use if it does not lead to holy practice. 
they knew God. It was no good to them to know God, for they glorified him not as God. So my theological friend over there, who knows so much that he can split the hairs over doctrines, it does not matter what you think or what you know, unless it leads you to glorify God and to be thankful. The problem is if knowledge doesn't result in action, if knowledge doesn't result in turning to God, if knowledge doesn't result in glorifying God, that knowledge is worthless. And that's the point here in Romans chapter 1. And from Romans chapter 1, verse 21 and following, we find one of the blackest sections of the whole of the Word of God with regards to mankind. All coming from the first phrase, the first sentence of Romans chapter 1, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Here is rejection, the man's rejection of God. Here is the reason for God's judgment. God is going to judge these sinners because of their rejection of him. He's revealed himself to them, but he is going to, they have rejected him. Therefore, they will be judged for that rejection. And today we want to start to look at the downward path of mankind, the downward steps to depravity. We're not going to get very far. We're only going to get to verse 23, verse 21 to 23. But the first step to depravity is ignorance in verse 21 to 23 verse 21 says because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful it became vain in their imagination their foolish heart was darkened the truth that's revealed to us here in Romans chapter 1 is that mankind knew God that from the beginning of time when God created man in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, they knew God. Remember, it says in Genesis that they walked in the cool of the evening with God. They knew Him. That was the starting point of all mankind. There was a knowledge of God that man has rejected. Man has chosen not to know Him. Man has chosen not to honor Him. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Mankind rejected the knowledge of God. You see, the problem is not that man did not know God, but that man did not, uh, sorry, the problem is not that man did not know God, but the man did know him, yet refused to glorify him as God. Mankind willfully chose to walk away from God. The problem here is not God. God's not the, the, the one with the issue here. God has revealed himself to man. He did in the Garden of Eden. And he's revealed himself to man throughout the ages. The problem is not God. The problem is man. Man has chosen to reject, chosen to, to not listen to the teaching and the, and the wisdom of Almighty God that's revealed to them. And because of that, they're without excuse. That's why verse 21 says, so that they are without excuse. Commentator said this, because we didn't glorify God, we transformed our conception of him into forms and images more comfortable to our corrupt and darkened hearts. The reason why mankind is judged is because of their rejection of God. You see, God told us that he had revealed himself in verse 21. It says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. Mankind can know that God exists. 
through creation, through all that God's revealed to him. Man can know that God exists, and if he knows God exists and acts upon that knowledge, God will reveal himself to them further so they might be saved. A man is judged because he's rejected God. Indeed, the only sin that man needs to commit in order to go to hell is the rejection of God, the rejection ultimately of Jesus Christ. It's the sin of unbelief that's sending people to hell. It's not all the other sins they commit. The other sins that they commit are symptomatic of the human heart, a demonstration that we are indeed sinners before a holy God. But the sin that's sending people to hell is not all these sins. It is the single sin of the rejection of Jesus Christ. And that's the problem here in Romans chapter 1. They rejected God out of hand, and because of that, they will be judged. The truth is, man is willing to worship God's gifts, but not God. In fact, man refused to thank God and give him the glory he deserves. It says in verse 21, it says, They knew, not, they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. They weren't thankful. You know, man's simple ingratitude against God is shocking. I mean, think about it. You know, God loved us so much that he created us. God didn't have to. I mean, you think about the big picture here. God did not have to create us. He didn't need us. He certainly didn't need all the grief that we've caused him. He didn't have to create us. But God in his love chose to create mankind and God in his mercy and in his grace sent his son to die for that mankind that he created God certainly didn't need to do that God created us he gave us a free will to choose we rejected him and then God sent his son to die for us so that we might be accepted by him man's ingratitude is shocking isn't it you would think that man would be thankful. But instead, mankind rejects God and rejects Jesus Christ. Let me quote Spurgeon once again. He said, I cannot say anything more worse of a man than that he is not thankful to those who have been his benefactors. And when you say that he is not thankful to God, you have said about the worst thing you can say of him. Man rejected God for who he was. And that's exactly what's happening today. Mankind rejects God out of hand. doesn't matter how much evidence is there. doesn't matter how much uh, the reality is there that, that man was created by a mighty God. God rejects him out of hand. I was watching an archaeological show the other day. They were talking about some caves they found uh, that, that exist in, in uh, Scotland and uh, they were talking about how old the caves were and they were saying that these caves are just 6,000 years old and uh, as you can see the, the, the rocks up there uh, that were deposited by water deposits uh, show that and off they're going and yet you know that this same group of people are uh, atheists and they believe in evolution yet they're testifying to the fact that there was uh, a lot of water in this cave at one time and this cave was made by water and was you know and is no older than 6,000 years old and I'm thinking to myself uh, okay so you know the facts but you reject the God 
And that's exactly where we are today. People willingly choose to ignore the evidence that there is a God. Man is not thankful for all that God has done for him. They reject him. They refuse to believe in him and believe in Jesus Christ who died for them. And you know, as believers, let's never, never be said of us that we're not thankful. You know, we ought to be thankful, shouldn't we, every day for what Christ did for us. We ought to be thankful for the God that we serve. You know, I was thinking about it this morning, you know, we have a great God who, despite my failures, still loves me. And, and, and it doesn't matter how long you live, you let God down so many times, at least I do. And yet every time I turn to him, he's always there. In fact, sometimes God does things for me when I don't deserve him to do them just because he loves me. And for that we ought to be thankful. Let it never be said of us that we don't show appreciation to our God. The result of this rejection and this unthankfulness was that man's inner self was first affected. Note, they became vain in their imaginations. Verse 21 again, it says... Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not a God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. The word vain here means empty-minded. The idea is they had no understanding. Turn to Romans chapter 3, please. Romans 3 and verse 10. As is written, there is none righteous, none at one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. This is the state of mankind. Because they rejected God, because they did not glorify him as God, even though they knew him, the step downward meant that they were vain in their imaginations. They had empty minds. They have no understanding of the truth. And when we listen to the unsaved world and we listen to unsaved mankind, we find that when it comes to the facts, they have empty minds, don't they? You, li you listen to them... Uh, discuss uh, certain things uh, about, about evolution and listen to them and talk about uh, certain things with regards to life and, and the wickedness of man and you listen to their conversations and you quickly begin to realize that they really do lack understanding. How many times have you listen to someone explain why they're enacting this law which contradicts the very thing that they believe over this side, but somehow they want to bring the two together and they don't mesh. And you think, you just don't understand. If you would believe the absolute truth of the word of God, we wouldn't have these idiosyncrasies. We wouldn't have these things that seem to be contradictory. But they just don't understand. They avoid of understanding. They have empty minds. And this led to their foolish heart, as verse 21 says, and became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. The idea here is that the a foolish heart is a darkened heart. A foolish heart is a heart that cannot understand because it cannot see the light. It can't actually see the truth. All they can see is darkness. Man the worshipper becomes the man the philosopher. Man now seeks to work out everything according to his own 
mentality, according to his own wisdom. And the heart becomes hardened to the things of God. Mankind believes they know best. He is in charge of his destiny. He knows more than God knows. We reject God out of hand. We want nothing to do with him. We don't glorify him as God and neither are we thankful. And we become vain in our imagination, so much so that our hearts are foolish. In other words, they're unable to see the truth. They've done. You ever got frustrated talking to somebody about the Lord and realize you're going nowhere because they just cannot comprehend? They are so darkened by their sin and so warped by their philosophy, they cannot comprehend that what you're saying is even realistic, is even true. And without the Spirit of God working in the heart of man, convicting man of sin, righteousness, and of judgment to come, man will not believe because man's heart is darkened. They're unable to see the truth. And so, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools, it tells in verse 22. Man's empty wisdom reveals his foolishness. They profess themselves to be wise, but they're fools. Having rejected God, they leave God out of life. So much so that he's left without God. A man's rejection of God's revelation, which is verse 20, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, man's rejection of God's general revelation has not made him smarter or better. Instead, it makes mankind a fool. It makes mankind futile in his thoughts. It makes him foolish in his hearts because their hearts are darkened and there they become fools. You know, the fact is that once man rejects God and rejects the truth of God in Jesus Christ, he will fall for anything foolish. He'll trust far more fanciful systems once he rejects God. You think about evolution. If, if, you, if you seriously, honestly think about it, it just doesn't make sense. The fact that almost every week there's some new theological, some new evolutionary theory that comes out because the sands of evolution are shifting all the time ought to tell you there's something not right with the model. Something's broken. I mean, what I was taught in school about evolution is not what they've been taught today in school about evolution. And the generation before me, what they were taught in school about evolution is, is totally different than what I was taught about evolution. In fact, in the whole time I was in school, evolutionary teaching changed. Because 
the science doesn't match their belief and therefore it must change in fact you know it takes more faith to believe in the big bang than it does to believe in God you have to have faith to believe that in fact the other day we were listening to uh, we were watching Andrew Bolton on TV who was uh, having a discussion about this whole thing and he, he was talking about uh, the, he, he's an atheist, he admits it but he said you know, he said I don't understand the Big Bang he said because it makes no sense to me he said where did the Big Bang come from he said there, there's no logic to that he said there's got to be a, a cause to that he said I don't know, maybe that's God he said I don't know what it is but, but there's got to be something <laughs> he's an atheist struggling with the whole concept of the Big Bang I thought to myself, uh, if, if an atheist struggles with the concept of the Big Bang, no wonder we all struggle with as believers because it does not make sense. It takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe in God. And yet because, God re- uh, because man rejects God and refuses to retain the knowledge of God, they will believe in almost anything, including the fanciful doctrine of evolution. This futility in thinking, this darkening of the heart, leads to folly in thinking. He does not need God. Man doesn't need anybody to help him. He can do it on his own. And man is blind, and unless you and I take the light of the glorious gospel to the world, they will never know Christ. They'll always walk in darkness. They'll walk with that hope. They need to know there is a God in heaven and a Savior who loved them. And that's our responsibility. Now, because we are created by God, man must worship something, even if he has to manufacture his own God. And so we find that man becomes an idolater in verse 23. And he changed the glory of the uncorruptible God in the image made like corruptible man and to birds and the four-footed beasts and the creeping things. This is total descent. This is total, a total fall in unbelief from the knowledge of God to now the place whereby they reject the Creator and create idols out of the very creation God created. They knew God. When they arrived at the bottom of this fall, they were worshipping sticks and stones carved out in the shape of animals and creeping things. They changed the glory of God and the uncorruptible God, and the glory of the uncorruptible God in the image made like an uncorruptible man, and to birds, four footed beasts, and to creeping The word image here in verse 23 is the ancient Greek word icon. You know, it's a dangerous thing to create, to change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an icon, an image of our own choosing. But that's what man's done. God alone is worthy of worship. God alone is worthy of praise. God alone is worthy of glory. He alone is the one we ought to bow down before. We ought to bow the knee before him because he is the creator. He is is the God of all glory. He's the one to whom we ought to bow down. 
man has turned created an image, an icon of his own choosing. Paul explains that instead of believing he's made an image of God made like unto himself made gods in his own image and notice what he says he says he changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the corruptible image of man the eternal God who created us who sustains us who uh, sent his son to die for us is rejected and that which corrupts is worshipped you know given time every idol will fade will be need to be recreated but man would rather worship that corruptible idol than to worship the incorruptible God sin is so low as to worship the birds the beasts and even the bugs creeping things bugs I don't know that I could bring myself to worship a cockroach but anyway uh, people worship bugs one commentator said this compare the theory of evolution with this picture as a pattern of development evolutionary theory permeates everything today so of course it's been applied to the realm of religion Evolution say that religion developed in the process like this. When man was primate, when he had graduated from the ape tribe, lost his tail, quit climbing trees, he felt an impulse to worship something, so he took a stick, carved in an image, and began to worship that. As his intellectual powers grew, he began to make moral distinctions, saying this is right and that is wrong. The next step in his reasoning process was to realize that the rain and the seasons must come from one or more superhuman beings and so he gave thanks to the gods for their gifts from that point he rose to the conception of the true God and became a monotheist Paul's description of man though is nothing like that Paul's description of man's religion, religious development does not follow this evolutionary pattern in fact, what Paul gives to us, the very reverse of what evolutionists would say, that man went from being dumb as an animal, developing into this highly educated human being, whereby he acknowledged there was a God, and of course, now we've gone beyond that, we realize that that was just a fantasy. But Paul says he went from being a monotheist, he believed in God, to being an idolater, which is today. Man did not begin with the worship of sticks. He began with the worship of God. In the Garden of Eden, man worshipped the true and living God. And you read the Bible, man worshipped God. He went from being a monotheist to being an idolater because he rejected God. That was the problem of the Tower of Babel, wasn't it? Man wanted to make a tower all the way up to heaven. He wanted to be God. God had to judge mankind with a flood because of their rejection of him. But man did not learn their lesson well. God was rejected and idols became the end. Go on to the book of Isaiah because Isaiah exposes this foolishness. 
of idolatry very well. Isaiah 44, if you would please. Isaiah 44. And verse 12. It says, The smith with the tongues both worketh in the coals and fashioneth it with hammers and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry and his strength faileth. He drinketh no water and is faint. The covenant stretcheth out his rule. He maketh, uh, marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it in plain, with planes. And he marketh it out with a compass and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that he may remain in the house. He hewn, out, uh, hewn down the cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengthened from himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it, and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god, and worshipeth it. He, he maketh it a graven image, and falleth down thereto. Here in Isaiah chapter uh, 44, if you read the whole chapter, the Lord is asking a series of questions of the nation of Israel. And he says, who gives you rain? Who gives you, uh, gives you the strength that you have? Who gave you the water that you need to drink while you're making your idols? Which is basically what he asks in verses 13 and, uh, verses 13 and 14. He says, who did this? Who, who, in verse 12, he says, uh, uh, who gave you the strength? Who gave you the water? Who gave you all these things God did? And then there's a wonderful irony in verse 15. Because it says, then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof and warm himself. So he takes the wood that God's given him, the trees, cuts it down, and he makes a fire, so he warms himself. Yea, he kindleth it. And he baketh bread. So he uses the fire, the wood, that God provides to make bread that he might eat. But then what he does is this. Yea, he maketh a God of the same wood that he just burnt to warm himself, to make bread. He now takes that same wood and he makes an idol of it. He worships it. He maketh a grave of the image and falleth down thereto. He could bake... He couldn't make bread if God didn't give him the wood. Then he takes the wood and he makes an idol of it. Look at verse 17. And the residue thereof he maketh a God, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it and worshipeth it and prayeth unto it and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. How foolish is mankind. Go to Isaiah 46. I love this one. Isaiah 46, verses 6 and 7. Verse 5. To whom uh, will ye liken me, and make me equal, and compare me, that we may be like? They lavish gold out of the bag, and weigh silver in the balance, and hire a goldsmith, and he maketh a god. They fall down, yea, they worship. They bear him up, uh, bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him. They set him in the place. He standeth from his place, shall he not remove? Yea, one shall cry unto him, yet he cannot answer, nor save him out of his trouble. You know, let's love that. Man takes gold and silver, takes it to the gold and silversmith. They make an idol. 
he takes it home, he carries it home because it can't get there himself, he carries the idol home, sits in the corner, and it doesn't move, it stays there. And then a man prays to the idol and says, deliver me. Well, the idol can't even deliver itself. It couldn't get from the smith to the house unless he carried it. It sits in the corner. And unless he picks it up and moves it somewhere else, it stays in that place for as long as it's there. What stupidity. What stupendous folly. In their ignorance, they've rejected God. The God who made them, the God who sent his son to die for them, they mock and create idols out of the creature rather worship the creature, creator. And you would think that people would actually give, and to think that people would actually give up their faith in the glory of God, the excellence of his attributes, and his blessings for the worship of idols is sheer folly. What fools man has made himself. You know, it says in Psalm 14 and verse 1, it says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. So the problem is not God. He has made himself known unto man, and he continually, daily makes himself known unto man. The problem is not God. The problem is man who rejects very knowledge of God. He chooses not to believe. He chooses not to believe. He, want, he willfully chooses to be an atheist, even though the evidence says there must be something more than this. He chooses not to believe. Therefore, such blindness is excusable. Man's a sinful folly. That's why man is without excuse. More than ever, mankind needs the light of the gospel. More than ever. God's response to the wicked course chosen by simple man is indicated in the next verses, but that will have to wait until next time. Today, we need to realize that God did everything to ensure that mankind could know him and know his son. But man has rejected God willfully and now God now walks in darkness. And what man needs today more than ever is for the light of the glorious gospel to shine in their hearts. <clears throat> and the only way that will happen is if we take the gospel to them and we teach them about the Savior. And the Spirit of God then shines the light of the gospel in their hearts. And they accept him. Oh, that we would be moved by the foolishness of man to be faithful, to seek opportunities, to share the gospel, and to have the boldness to speak in those opportunities. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Father, for the book of Romans. And even though this passage is so bleak, Speaking about the foolishness of man, we do pray that, Lord God, you'd help us to be vigilant, to look for opportunities, Father God, to shine the gospel in the hearts of men who are darkened by sin. Father, the Spirit of God might take the Word of God <coughs> and might produce in their hearts an understanding of who you are.
they by faith might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's your word to our hearts now we pray in Jesus' name.